0: Hello, and welcome to Cafe Dia. My name is Yadidia, and I'm your host. Today, we'll be talking about attachment theory. We've learned a lot from our attachment figures. Some psychologists believe that our parents and attachment figures have modeled how we believe we should attach with others, and this can be a learning that sticks with you through adulthood. This says that the emotional environment in which we grew up in has a direct effect on our psychological development. Say one of our attachment figures was our mother. She felt safe, present, responsive, and modeled emotional regulation that we could integrate ourselves into our own emotional world. We learned what it felt like to be safe with others and with ourselves, and this helped our brain develop. If she was neglectful, threatening, or inconsistent, we may have developed an insecure attachment style. We learned our feelings are unsafe to experience by ourselves, with others, or both. Psychologist Mary Ainsworth had an experiment she called the Strange Situation Experiment that provided some empirical data that is foundational to some of the attachment research we understand today. In this experiment, children were in a room with their mothers, and the mother would leave, and a stranger would come in, and then the stranger would leave, and the mother would return. The data came from how the child reacted to these changes. There are secure and insecure attachment styles that are broken out into four total categories. Secure, anxious-slash-preoccupied, avoidant-slash-dismissive, and disorganized slash fearful avoidant. The insecure styles have a name change to differentiate between childhood behaviors and adulthood behaviors. Attachment styles are expressions of behavior, not full human categories of being, and can change depending on the relationship or personal attempts to change. Something to keep in mind about the insecure types is that they are generally not in tune with their emotional needs, through exaggerating or minimizing them. As you listen to the descriptions of the four types, maybe make a mental note as to what aspects you feel you resonate with. Anxious attachment is an insecure style characterized by an unpredictable bond with a parent or attachment figure in childhood. Preoccupied attachment is the adult version of anxious attachment. Preoccupied attached people may find themselves monitoring their partner's level of interest in them, availability, and responsiveness. They measure the level of closeness they have with a partner. In these attempts for reassurance that they won't be left or abandoned, the preoccupied attached person can make their partner feel controlled or that no amount of reassurance and demonstrations of love will really soothe them. Those engaging in the preoccupied attachment style might conflate anxiety and intensity for love as they idealize their partners. This can lead to a lot of self-criticism, self-doubt, and the tendency to jump into relationships quickly. It becomes difficult to give enough time to get to know a person before attempting to commit to them when they're moving so swiftly into a relationship. They might be afraid of being alone and promote dependency in the relationship. This can look like promoting closeness through compulsive caretaking or depending heavily on their partner. When they're feeling their partner may be becoming disinterested or distant, the preoccupied attached person can become needy, possessive, or demanding for connection and reassurance. So, for our next type, This would be the avoidant attachment style. The child using an avoidant attachment style can appear to be calm or distant from the outside, but on the inside they may actually be experiencing some form of anxiety and stress about their connection. This can be the resulting strategy from an upbringing featuring a neglectful, absent, and unavailable attachment figure. Their parents or caretakers may have been critical or focused on high achievement or were emotionally distant with them, resulting in an understanding that the child's emotional needs are to be detached from and filed away for later or maybe never. They may learn to act like they don't have any needs at all. This disconnection from the child's own needs can make it difficult for them to recognize the bids for connection and attention in others, as they don't have a framework for understanding it within themselves. An adult using some of these strategies and tactics would possibly be identified as engaging in dismissive attachment. Those using the dismissive attachment style can rely heavily on logic and have challenges with memory related to their childhood. As they learn to minimize their emotions, they might have flattened the emotional peaks and valleys of childhood and replaced them with simplistic narratives. They also tend to keep others at a distance and avoid rejection, criticism, and emotional intensity. They might even pride themselves on their hyper-independence over self-reliance and see others as too dependent, weak, or needy. This may be because of a projection of the traits they don't appreciate about themselves being pushed onto others, and they might put on a front of high self-esteem and positive self-image when that really isn't the case at all. The third and final insecure attachment style we will discuss is the disorganized style. The disorganized style of attachment can appear chaotic. As they exhibit behaviors attributed to both the anxious and avoidant styles, with what appears to be not a discriminating strategy as to when they function under either style. This is a style most associated with trauma. Children using this style may have seen their attachment figure as threatening, dangerous, or scary. This can look like a parent or attachment figure that has their own unresolved trauma and has low ability to regulate their own emotions when they react to this child the child perceives their reaction as threateningly over responsive or terrifyingly non-responsive when this attachment style is activated The child wants to both run towards the attachment figure for comfort from the fear and danger and simultaneously run from the attachment figure in self-protection as the actions of the figure are the reason that the child needs comfort and care. The adult using similar tactics is classified under the fearful avoidant attachment style. They can fear both being too far and too close to romantic partners. What they've learned about attachment is that though they may want connection it may come with a lot of pain and danger jessica fern in her 2020 book polysecure shows an example of a person using this attachment style they were asking for attention from a partner and then they can swiftly withdraw once the attention is given or even lash out about it when someone is acting from this style They may look more anxious or more avoidant than a perfect split of the use of these strategies. They could even operate from a secure attachment style in most scenarios, but revert to a fearful avoidant style in specifically triggering scenarios. Okay, so I've gone through all three of the insecure attachment styles, and I'm wondering, did you hear behaviors that you may have exhibited yourself in the past or even presently I know the insecure attachment styles can sound generally negative, and I think hearing some of these things can create a sense of shame around exhibiting these behaviors. Jessica Fern reframes these styles as ways of expressing desires of autonomy and connection. When exhibiting traits of these styles, we learn through interactions with attachment figures that we weren't safe around others we can become more self-reliant or minimize our emotional attachment needs. I want to acknowledge that it's a strength to be able to adapt to your environment to survive or try to get your needs met, especially when there's a possibility that you were in an unsafe environment or an emotionally unsafe environment. When we're ready, we can dig a little deeper and let these strategies be a part of our past toolkit. As adults, there's a bit more agency in working towards creating secure attachment for ourselves and for our relationships. Securely attached people can trust that an emotional bond can still be maintained during emotional or physical distance. This experience is called relational object constancy. They aren't as afraid of abandonment through temporary separation with a partner. They understand that they themselves are the source of their own happiness purpose, and love. Securely attached people also understand that they're responsible for their own emotional regulation. We can use the example of someone who is using the anxious or preoccupied attachment style. They may immediately, when under any sort of emotional upset, look outward to have someone else to talk to and immediately process with them. Someone with the avoidant or dismissive attachment tactics may push their feelings aside and really productively work on something related to school or their job and file those emotions away very far and deep into their subconscious. A securely attached person understands that they may need to take a moment and understand what they're feeling, and if they need to reach out to someone or feel that that would be helpful, they will so this is just to show that securely attached people operate from more of a balanced perspective because of the relationship that they've built with themselves if the secure attachment style resonates with you that's awesome if not jessica fern calls secure attachment gained after using insecure attachment earned secure attachment so you can grow into utilizing earned secure attachment as your main style We've talked a bit about attachment theory, and now I want to incorporate something that's somewhat related. It's called the Dynamic Maturation Model, or the DMM. The Dynamic Maturation Model builds on attachment theory. It says that attachment is about finding a mate, protecting the self and children from danger. This model can be broken out into strategies used at different life stages and this indicates what tactics are available at different levels of cognition. Just like attachment theory, aspects of this model were adopted from Mary Ainsworth's three-part model to describe human behavior in reaction to environmental danger. The main categories are separated by their use of cognition or affect. The first strategy is type A. Type A is mainly delving into cognition. People using this strategy expect outcomes that they have experienced in the past will happen again in the future. They reduce awareness to their negative feelings and avoid doing what they expect will lead to punishment. Those using category type C are labeled under affect. These individuals are motivated by their feelings. They don't have the confidence generally that they know what will happen next in a scenario of danger, so they let their feelings guide their behavior. Some, using this technique, will pretend that they're feeling good and this can look like pretending to be brave when they're really terrified or smiling when they're actually angry. Because they're led from their feelings and generally don't trust their ability to predict the factors in their environment, It's hard for them to learn from experiences because they generally will always go with what they're feeling in that moment. The last type is type B. This person uses both cognition and affect in balance. They can use direct, reciprocal, and open communication of feelings and expectations. From what I understand, secure attachment is a lot like type B. Anxious slash preoccupied attachment is likened to type C. An avoidant slash dismissive attachment is similar to type A. To my understanding, the equivalent of disorganized slash fearful avoidant seems to be present in combinations of type A and type C through sub-patterns. The three main categories I discussed, type A, type B, and type C, Are visualized on a wheel and can be broken out to somewhere around 29 subcategories and patterns that are a mix of many different things. You can visit the Family Relation Institute linked in the show notes for a visualization of the type variations on a wheel. There you'll be able to hover over the type and read a bit more about it and understand how it resonates with you. Some people find the DMM to be too simple or too complex or a mixture of both. Attachment theory and the DMM are not forms of therapy, but they can be incorporated into therapy. They're tools that are especially useful in relational therapy with individuals, couples, or families. Attachment theory is used in emotionally focused couple therapy, where the therapists focus on attachment needs and attachment history or attachment injury in the past. A therapist can use the information provided by clients in a session and the structure of attachment theory to address some of their presenting problems if it's applicable. This could look like a couple that wants to stay together after infidelity. One partner has cheated, and the therapist may try to understand what each person's attachment needs are and work with them at meeting some of them. In the case of infidelity, attachment needs that lead to it may even be moderated by race. Parker and Campbell, 2017, found that fearful, avoidant, and dismissive attachment were identified as risk factors for relationships that are considered to be unfaithful among people who identify as African American or Black. This was not the case for those who identified as African-American or Black and were identified as using anxious attachment. White participants with the fearful avoidant attachment style showed a lower risk for cheating. This was just one experiment, and this is among their participants. So maybe some similar studies exist, or will come out to validate these results and expand findings to other races or other aspects of relationships, like gender. It was nice to gather all of this information in one place, but I definitely feel like I just scratched the surface. If you found this interesting, I'd recommend reading PolySecure by Jessica Fern referenced in this episode. Whether or not you're considering polyamory, there's a lot of good information shared, and the questions you can ask yourself or your partners in relation to secure attachment are really useful. All show notes are linked in the description. Thanks for listening, and until next time!